The Candid Frame is supported by donations by listeners just like you. Help us to bring you great conversations with great photographers. Support the show today with your monthly contribution through our Patreon effort at patreon.com forward slash The Candid Frame or click on the link in the show notes or the website at thecandidframe.com. Thank you. This episode of The Candid Frame is sponsored by Storyblocks. It's the first and only subscription-based stock media company that offers unlimited downloads of member library content for a modest annual fee of just $149 a year per site, while providing its contributing artists 100% of the sales from their photographs, video, or audio. To find out more, visit storyblocks.com forward slash candid. We also have the support of LinkedIn Learning, the online learning platform with thousands of expert-led video tutorials to help you build your creative, tech, and business skills. For a free 30-day trial, visit linkedin.com forward slash candid and start achieving more today. This is Ibarian X, and this is The Candid Frame. Once you make a decision to make a living as a photographer, your biggest challenge has little to do with the camera. It's not about lighting or shutter speeds or Photoshop. It's more about running a business, which anybody will tell you is always the biggest challenge about making a living from something that you love. Dixie Dixon is a photographer that understood that even before she was out of her teens. Instead of an arts degree, she earned a business degree that along with a lot of talent and perseverance, earned her a successful career as a fashion and commercial photographer, as well as being honored as a Nikon brand ambassador. Get ready for a lot of wisdom from this photographer straight from the heart of Texas. Well, Dixie, welcome to The Candid Frame. It's a pleasure to finally have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be a part of it. You're quite an amazing photographer and you have a wonderful story to tell. And one of the things that I find most interesting about you is that, you know, very early on, I think you're, I think when you're starting college, you decided to get a business degree. And there are so many photographers who start off their career because they just focus on the art. And you are savvy enough in, in your teen years to know that in order to be able to do this for a living, you had to get savvy in terms of business. How could you have come to that realization so young? (laughs) You know, that is a very good question. I have always been a little bit of a business nerd. I mean, I was reading like investing books when I was in you know, high school. (laughs) And so I always, I always think I've been fascinated by business and inspired by business. So I wanted to learn how I could actually have my own business for a living because I am not the type of person that does well in a nine to five. And I think I always knew that about myself. And so, you know, the business thing came pretty early. I'm not really sure who put that bug in my ear, but something clicked. <laughs> did Did you take inspiration from maybe one, one of your parents or someone who you actually saw having their own business? Or this is something that you just sort of created out of whole cloth for yourself? Yeah. I mean, my dad, um, he's an engineer and my mom was always really passionate about fashion and marketing. Um, 
So definitely inspired by both of them. For sure, they always told me and pushed me to do what I love and do my passion because I'm going to spend so many, so much time my whole life working. I might as well be doing something that I absolutely love. Um, and if you can actually figure out how to make your hobby into a business, it can be a pretty incredibly rewarding thing. And a lot of people, you know, may not get that opportunity, but, um, you know, I, I've always kind of put that out into my my vision for some reason. I mean, for instance, when I graduated college, I applied for an investment job. I actually got the job and ended up turning it down because I had this mentor that was like, you know what, if you're going to pursue photography, now is the time. You're not stuck in a lifestyle. You don't have a family. Now is the time to go for it. And so I ended up turning that job down and going for photography just 100%. And it actually ended up working out. It's kind of crazy how these things lead you down certain paths. Okay, but t tell me about that moment. I mean, here you have a job offer that's offering you probably good money, benefits, yes. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, this sort of nebulous idea in terms of a career as a photographer, which you may not have exactly known how that would turn out. Yeah. Tell me about that that moment, because that's that's a critical moment in which to make a decision like that. And a lot of people kind of go the safe route. Other people make the leap. But tell me about, you know, what kind of angst were you going through in this making that choice, if any, and how you and what helped you to make make the choice that you did? Yeah, absolutely. I think that I came to the realization that you can either give in to fear. Fear is always powerful. Or you can push through that and really go for what you really, really want. And obviously, it took me some time to make that decision. I mean, I talked to mentor, my mentor. Um, he was an entrepreneur that I worked with through college. And uh, he's really an inspiration. His name's Calvin King. Um, and I was, you know, it was just one of those moments where it's like now or never. So I just... I don't know. I, I made the plunge <laughs> and I was shooting weddings. I was shooting portraits. I mean, literally I was shooting everything to pay the bills um, until I was able to start breaking into the commercial industry. And it definitely took some time. And there were days where, you know, I would be, you know, living, you know, I've lived well beneath my means. I mean, it, it was a tricky process to break into photography because, when you're starting out, you're not getting paid big bucks to shoot things. Right. I was uh, living very uh, frugally, <laughs> put it that way, um, but it was all worth it. It's all uh, it's paid off, obviously now. But I think that just giving into fear, you just got to push through it. If it's something that you fear, it's usually something telling you you need to go for it. If that makes sense. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. So, so what what are some of the things that you do when you are feeling that fear and feeling that anxiety about a, a, a choice? Yeah. You know, what are the things that you do to sort of help you to move through that fear rather than just getting on that hamster wheel, right? <laughs> and just living in that fear for way too long. Yes. You know, recently, the, the fear, like, um, for instance, on, on jobs that I'm doing now, there's usually a lot of pressure because mm -hmm. it's a, an advertising firm. It's a client. It's a, you know, 20 people on set. There's a lot of pressure. So I've had to, to really work through that fear because, you know, there's just so much pressure on set these days. So I actually do, I meditate now. Um, I do a lot of meditation and silencing my mind um, for 15 minutes mm -hmm. before I go out and do what I need to do. Um, that really is helpful. Just, just if you can clear your mind for 15 minutes a day, I think it can really have a huge impact in your world. 
And so I, I actually have a meditation app that I use. It's a uh, Deepak Chopra and uh, Oprah. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Actually, I really love it. I, I use one so. called uh, from uh, Meditation Oasis. It's called. Oh, uh, nice! Uh, I haven't heard of that one. Oh, you really have to check it out. Oh, they cool. have an app called Simply Being, uh-huh. and the woman has a wonderful voice. I've oh tried, I've tried a bunch of different apps, but her voice is just perfect for me because that's how I start my morning. Yeah, with, with a meditation, and yeah. uh, I just, I just listen to her, and it's just like just gets me in that right headspace to start the day. That's amazing. Well, I do have to say that you have the most calming voice ever. Oh, thanks. <laughs> like I could listen to your voice and be totally calm. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's so, awesome. so you know, one of the things that I'm really kind of curious to hear from you is that because you, you know, you were focused on, on on business, you you made time to go out and learn your photography. I think you were largely self-taught. Um, though yeah. you, though you were, you were, you know, working with a fashion photographer at, at one point. But I think sometimes people think, oh, I have to be knowledgeable to a great extent about photography before I can, you know, hang my shingle out and say I'm a photographer. Right. Right. And right. So I'm, I'm wondering about as you were sort of going out there trying to make, you know, your, your living as a photographer. I'm sure there was a lot of stuff that you didn't know technically, but how did having business savvy help you, even though you may not have known as much about, say, the technical side of photography as a competitor? Yeah, absolutely. The business degree was really helpful for, helpful for me because I took a lot of classes in entrepreneurship. And one of my business teachers, he was amazing because he was actually an entrepreneur. He wasn't just a teacher. He was actually, you know, he actually had his own business. And his name's David Miner. And he he told me one day in class, he's like, if you're interested in having a business in a certain industry, join all the trade organizations involved in that industry so that you can learn a lot quicker than you can just do it on your own. Mm. So literally that night, I went home and I joined the student versions of uh, WPPI, PPA, Imaging, the Association of Advertising Photographers, the ASMP. I literally joined every trade organization I could get my hands on, the student version. Um, and then I started entering contests through those organizations. And to my luck, I won one of the contests and got to attend WPPI for free. And they paid all of my expenses. This was right out of college. And uh, so I really got to know a lot of great photographers in the industry and also the business side of things um, by, you know, joining this trade organization. So that was definitely really helpful. So that business tree kind of led me to that moment. And also just with marketing and branding, which is so huge these days, I took a lot of great marketing classes um, to learn the importance of building a brand, Mm -hmm. um, not just a business that definitely was helpful. I mean, photographers, definitely it's important to take some marketing classes or try to work on your marketing. I mean, the accounting was important. There's so many aspects of business that, you know, I may not be an expert at, but I was able to learn the basics and to understand and have an understanding of what it takes to run a business. And I think that's um, made a huge impact um, in my photography. You know, a lot of people make the excuse that, oh, I can't do that because I don't know how to do it. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, I'm, and I, in your career, I'm sure that there were, there were moments, both on the photography side and on the business side, where you didn't know something you might fit, you might have felt you needed to know. So mm-hmm. when you face such moments, and if you can give me an example, how did you move through the fact that 
you may not have had that knowledge at that moment, but you didn't allow that to be an obstacle in terms of being able to do what you needed to do? Oh, that's a good question. It's funny. I feel like we have no excuses these days. (laughs) We have Google. (laughs) So, um, I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, most things that I know now I I had no idea about. And a lot of it is through either having a mentor, attending trade shows, or through just me Googling things. Like, for instance, I'm getting into video right now. I'm really trying to learn video. And uh, so I'm just looking at different YouTube videos and trying to get a, you know, a handle on what that is. Because, yes, you can make excuses all the time, but that really just inhibits yourself. I mean, excuses, either you do it or you make an excuse, basically. So, I don't know, you just got to push through that and uh, stop making excuses because you'll get over that hump quicker and you'll be on to the next thing. So, I mean, I think I'm really, I love learning. I'm a, I'm a nerd. I'm a big nerd. So <laughs> learning has always been really fun to me. Maybe that's helped. <laughs> is, is it, can you give me a, a, one example of when you face just that, just that reality where you were like feeling nervous or anxious about the fact you didn't know how to do something. And then you went, okay, I'm going to have to f- figure out this problem. And then you were able to do that by whatever means that you you discovered. Yeah, absolutely. I always think of that, and I may butcher this, but that Richard Branson quote, he says, if you're given an opportunity that you're definitely not prepared for, or you don't know how to do, accept the opportunity and figure it out later. (laughs) (laughs) So I always say what I don't know in knowledge, I make up for in enthusiasm. (laughs) I mean, there's been a ton of instances. Like for instance, I directed my first commercial a couple years ago, my first TV commercial. I had never shot video. I had never directed video before, but an opportunity came up where a, a client in a production company, they were wanting me to direct a hair commercial and they wanted more of a fashion vibe as a post to, you know, their normal commercials they were doing. So they brought me in because of my fashion expertise. And, you know, I was 100% honest with them. I said, you know, I've never actually directed a commercial before, but I mean, I'm confident that I can figure it out. And they said, yeah, well, we're willing to take that chance. And, uh, it's funny cause I, I did a lot of research and, um, sort of looked at a bunch of inspiration videos and figured out what made a successful TV commercial, hair commercial. Um, and fast forward, we go to the shoot, I had a shot list, and uh, I was able to hire some models that I worked with on still shoots. Um, and it really it felt very seamless. And fast forward like a year, the commercial ended up winning an Addy Award. And so it's kind of crazy. I could have said, no, I've never done that before. I can't do it. But instead say yes to things. It's, you're going to learn more from trying than you are just turning it down. That's fascinating. Yeah. Let me follow up with that because you said something interesting is that even though you didn't have the experience, they were fine with it because they Mm -hmm. believed there was something that you brought to the table that supplanted hiring someone who has the resume and has done a bunch of different commercials. So what was it that they saw in you or had experience with you that convinced them that Dixie's the right person for this? That's a very good question. (laughs) I'm glad that they did take that chance. I think that they had seen, you know, I do a lot of, I've been slowly moving into video and I, for almost every shoot that I do now, I'm doing behind the scenes films that I, I'm kind of basically art direct and direct the video. Like I'll have a cinematographer come and film and I tell them what to film and 
then I'll choose the music that goes with it and then, you know, help with the edit and kind of art direct the edit. Um, so I'd been doing a lot of those behind the scenes films, which look cool and fashionable. So I think it was the combination of that, that they were seeing that I was kind of putting out in the universe that I wanted to get more into video. Mm-hmm. And I think it was part the fact that they knew me. Um, they had actually, it was Red Productions and they had worked with me um, in college. So I guess they knew I was a hard worker and then they'd see my still photography work that was fashion. So I guess the combination of those things enabled them to make that decision. If your job involves producing video content, websites, newsletters, or presentations, you know the value of good visual content. No one wants to look at a bunch of text on a screen, not unless you want to be put immediately to sleep. You need good photographs, illustration, audio, video to keep people interested and engaged. And the reality is is that you can't produce all that by yourself. So where do you go? Storyblocks provides just that kind of solution. And not only is it affordable, it also provides income for the content creators themselves, whether they are a photographer, videographer, or illustrator. That's because Storyblocks provide you access to high-resolution photo, vector, or images, and they are all royalty-free. And for creators who contribute their work, it's also great because they enjoy 100% of the sales commission. To find out more, go to storyblocks.com forward slash candid to get all the stock images, video, and audio you can imagine for just $149. That's S-T-O-R-Y-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash candid to download anything from thousands of images, video, and tracks, and unlock discounts from millions more. What, what I, one of the things that I like about you and in, in, in your career is, uh, as, as, you know, I like your pictures first and foremost. That's always important. But <laughs> from, uh, from from business side of things, you're incredibly good in terms of marketing yourself. Oh, well, thank you. And you know, that's something that I think a lot of photographers are uncomfortable with, me included. Uh-huh. And I've had to sort of learn that that's part and parcel of the game. Yeah. Um, but you know, one of the things that that immediately identifies you is that hat. Right? <laughs> I mean, you think about Dixie and you think about the hat and I'm, and I'm thinking, how intentional was that? Where did that, where does that come from? Well, I see a hat in your profile picture. I yeah. love your <laughs> Well, I got a bald head. I got to, I got to protect it somehow. <laughs> it looks great. I am, you know, it's funny. I've always loved hats from a very, very young age. I mean, I look at pictures when I was probably five years old, like my school picture, I had a hat on. It's just really funny to see how far back that started. And I think I've always enjoyed fashion and costumes. And so I feel like the hat is part of my photography costume (laughs) (laughs) that I feel more creative when I'm shooting, when I have a hat on. Um, I feel like a photographer. Uh, But I mean, honestly, I think my mom was a big part of that because she's like, you need to do things in your brand that really set you apart because you are your brand basically Mm -hmm. in photography. Um, not just your pictures, but your, you know, whole personality that comes through and everything that you do. And so she's like, you should always wear a hat when you shoot. I was like, that's a really good idea. So I started doing that and now it's just become a thing. (laughs) So always wearing a hat. I have a huge hat rack behind me of like 
30 hats. 30. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Some girls are into shoes. I'm into hats. <laughs> yeah. My wife's got you on the shoes. Nice. No, no doubt of that. Well, the good thing about <laughs> shoes and hats is they always fit. <laughs> so I always love that. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so tell me about feeling comfortable with sort of promoting yourself as much as you are your, your photography. Because one of the things that people think, oh, it's always just about the work. People look at the work and then they go, oh, let's hire this person because they're the first person produces the photographs and oftentimes it's not just about the images i mean that's maybe the the foot they get you know they get you in the door get your foot in the door but it's oftentimes about do i want to work with this person are they going to be fun are they going to be someone i would like to hang out with in terms of you sort of promoting yourself um how important has that been in terms of not only getting your clients in the first place but getting them for repeat business you know it's really interesting Matthew Jordan Smith um, was a big, I learned a lot from him in, in that sort of way because he, I always went to his seminars and in Dallas and was able to intern with him in LA. And he always drove home how important, if you want to create a sustainable photography career, you know, he always drilled the fact that you have to create an incredible spirit experience on set because the truth is people want to work with people they enjoy working with. Um, if they hire a photographer and he has a huge ego and, you know, is just really awful to work with. The likelihood of them rehiring that photographer, I don't think is nearly as great. Um, especially when you're starting out, I think is really, really important because you don't have the, you know, you don't have all these big clients under your belt that can vouch for you. So it's really important to, um, create a fun experience on set. I always have music playing. I always have food on set. Um, and really I don't, allow any negative energy on set as well. I think that's a really important part. Like if someone is bringing drama or negative vibes to the set, I'll take them aside and and talk with them, like what's going on (laughs) uh, with your day. And that's very rare because I mean, I set the tone for that positivity and excitement and um, showering the models with compliments, you know, getting to know the client. I like to get to know people before they even arrive. Um, just to create a good environment because, I mean, photography is really all about relationships and it's all about people and connection. So you want to create an experience in a atmosphere that allows that to, to happen, essentially. So um, I'm really big on that. And that's what I, I mean, shoot days are the most fun days. It's just an incredible experience. So I think it's important to, to be nice, obviously, be humble and uh, just enjoy the process. I always try to have people set their inner, their egos aside. <laughs> so how do you find the people that you've you've come to rely on in terms of stylus hair makeup assistance you know mm-hmm. what you know because you've obviously have worked all over the world but you probably have a core group of people with whom you collaborate how do yeah. you how do you find them and what are you looking for in each of those people absolutely i think that i mean talent is one thing like you said earlier um it's important to work with artists that are going to bring something to the table and bring something to your work. And that's a lot of trial and error. When I was starting out, I was on Model Mayhem and I was networking with a lot of creatives, stylists, hair and makeup models. Um, So that was sort of the starting point of me kind of building my, I call them the dream team because they're incredible um, group of people that I get to work with 
now on set. And then, so it's kind of through getting to know different people. For instance, my agent um, at the time referred me to an incredible lighting technician, Eric Jang. So I work with him on, on almost every, every shoot. We just, we have the same taste in lighting. We just have the same creative sort of vibe and a similar energy and enthusiasm for working. And um, so we work together a lot. And then my producer, um, I actually have been working with her about six years and I just hired her on full time a year and a half ago. Um, so that's been really, really cool. I've never had a, someone that I could work with full time before. Normally everything's contract work, but, um, yeah, I think it's, it's a lot of networking. Facebook is really great. If I'm going to an area where I'm looking for a certain makeup artist, I'll look on Facebook and, and look at people's portfolios. And then I also like to get them on the phone and chat with them so I can get to know their personality. Um, cause I think personality is really important just so you vibe well and yeah. have people around you that are supporting you. I'm sure that, you know, cause you started really young and you were actually getting commercial work when you're fairly fairly young. Did you ever yeah. have to encounter people who were like, they come onto a set and they look around, they see you and they go, where's the photographer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> that was a, uh, that's always a funny experience. Um, <laughs> and they sort of have a freak out moment. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yes. My, uh, my first big campaign, I kind of felt that way. Um, it was for, um, a company, a shoe brand. And I walked on set and I'm, you know, I don't know how old I was, but I can remember the client was looking at me like, wait, you're shooting this. (laughs) 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 So I sort of freaked out inside a little bit, but definitely kept my cool and everything turned out fine. But, uh, it's always interesting. (laughs) 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 Pretty funny. But when it came to those early early gigs, because you know, there's a lot of when you start getting involved in commercial uh-huh. commercial work, you're not just dealing with personal projects. At that point, you're dealing with a budget. You're dealing with not only the crew that you've hired to do the job, but you know all these other people who are really invested in in the success of the imagery. Yeah. So you know that that part of it, I think, involves a different way of working beyond how you work with, say, the model or the stylist. Uh-huh. Um, what were some of the most important things that you learned early on that you felt were invaluable towards working with clients who are dealing, you know, who have significant budgets that are at stake for these, for these jobs? I think the most important part of working with clients is communication. I mean, obviously, um, but to really in the pre-production phase, you know, before the shoot to really get an understanding of their vision for the images, I think is really important. So to get them on the phone, on conference calls, and really just ask them a ton of questions about what they're looking for. Um, have them send you inspiration images that they like, that they, um, connect with for this particular shoot. Um, looking at their brand and getting to know their brand really well, looking at the typography and the fonts they use, the colors that they use. Um, for instance, when I shoot for Nikon, you know, different advertising and things, I never usually want to use the color red in any of the imagery because that's obviously red as their competitor. So you have to think about these things um, creatively. And they, a lot of times they'll tell you these things. Um, and really just in the, I think the pre-production part of advertising and fashion is the, is the most important aspect because you really, the planning and everything that goes into it is, is basically makes the shoot because you're trying to get all these shots within a certain time period and a certain budget 
and everything. So if you can really get to know their vision really well before the shoot and then have your shot list lined up, um, cause you need to choose like which shot is going to be best to shoot during what time of day. Um, so scouting the location is really important. And, and so it's a little different, like you said, shooting for clients and it's personal work. Cause with personal work, a lot of times I'll just go in to a location, you know, I've chose the model and the makeup and the wardrobe, but we kind of just go and have fun and just shoot off the cuff. You know, that's really nice. That's like a really fun experience. But with clients, it has to be a lot more detailed and a lot more, um, you know, lined up before the shoot. We also have the support of LinkedIn Learning. LinkedIn Learning is for creators, for the curious, and for those who want to advance their careers. Maybe you want to learn how to shoot raw or work in low light or sharpen your photo editing skills. Everything you need to achieve more is on LinkedIn Learning. Whether you shoot photos for work, for pleasure, or both, LinkedIn Learning can help you take your photography to the next level. Gear courses will help you get the most out of your camera from DSLRs to mirrorless to smartphones. To help you enhance what you shoot, there's complete coverage for Lightroom and Photoshop, including CC 2018. In fact, they work closely with Adobe to release update courses the day new versions are released. And now you can take advantage of this great resource for free for 30 days. And while you're taking it out for a test drive, check out Chris Orwig's course on learning natural light portrait photography. It's a great course, but it's also a great example of the kind of invaluable content you'll find there. And the best thing is that there are no hidden charges or upsells. Access all the courses you want, all for one monthly price. You can get a free 30-day trial with LinkedIn Learning today by visiting linkedin.com forward slash candid. That's linkedin.com slash candid, all lowercase. And we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Remember, when you support our sponsors, you help make this podcast possible. Well, one of the clients who are who people for people who listen to this show who are very familiar with is, of course, Nikon. And you're a uh-huh. Nikon ambassador, but you've you've created images for them to help promote new camera models. And I'm wondering yeah. what that assignment has been like. Do they give you a storyboard and go, "Okay, we want these kinds of images. Are you going to be using this camera?" Or do uh-huh. they just sort of say, "Here are the bullet points we want you to hit. Here's a camera. Go to it." Or is it a hybrid of somewhere in between the two? You know, that completely depends on um, which, like if I'm working for Nikon USA or Nikon Japan, like Nikon USA will, they're incredible because they give you basically what they need and then they let you just go and create it. They kind of give you creative freedom in that way. Um, Whereas with shooting brochures, a lot of times they'll have a storyboard and they'll have an exact shot list. Um, so I guess really and truly it depends on what the final usage is, is for, like for the brochure, you have to really showcase each capability separately. Whereas if it's just for promotion of the camera and just advertising in general, um, there's a little bit more leeway to work with. So it really kind of depends on 
what they're going to be using the final images or video for. And I think your challenge is doubly so because sometimes you're handed a camera and Uh you have not had the luxury of even reading a manual, right? (laughs) Right. That is very true. And I know I I get real nuts if all of a sudden, uh, you know, I have a new camera because I spend so much time trying to get comfortable with it. Yeah. Right? Because I, I used it, I used the Fujifilm X-T2 when I was in South Africa. Yeah. And I had it for a week, and it took me like two or three days just to get comfortable with where the controls were. And, and, right. And I was really focused on the camera more so than just my normal seeing. Yes. And I, I can only imagine what it's like to do that under the pressure of having to deliver images for a client. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, what, you know, what, what, uh, give me an example of, of, a time where you had to do sort of just that. And how do you sort of get over the hump of the fact that you're handling something that you're allowing to make pictures, but that you really are not that familiar with yet? Oh my gosh. Yes. I, (laughs) it's funny. The first time I had to do it, I was freaking out, but, but I've shot a lot of their cameras for the different advertising. So I feel like I've gotten used to it now. (laughs) Um, But the first one was for the D5500 brochure. It was the, uh, it was like a touchscreen compact DSLR. So it's actually just like a cool hobbyist camera. Yeah, it's interesting because they don't want anything leaked. Um, So they don't really let you work with the gear until they arrive at the shoot. Um, So literally the night before I'm looking at the camera, I'm like trying to go through all the settings and trying to get a feel for it and the touch screen and all these things. And um, it's really like you just like you said, you got to jump in and do it. It may not feel completely comfortable at first. um, But, you know, it does help that I have shot Nikon my entire career. So a lot of the dials and things are very, you know, similar to other camera bodies. So that definitely is helpful. Um, but like, for instance, the D5 campaign that I shot in New York, um, you know, we, they have to tape the logos. Um, and also there's no Photoshop allowed. That was another kicker. <laughs> oh, okay. um, yeah. So they want like truth in advertising. They want to show exactly what comes out of that camera, like JPEG as opposed to, you know, most images you see now or they're so heavily photoshopped. So they really want to show, that's one, one thing that's cool, I think, about Nikon. It really is truth in advertising. So a lot of the stuff that they use in the brochures, like none of it has been photoshopped. Um, but that puts a lot more pressure on you as the photographer to get everything perfect in camera. You're using a new camera. So uh, lighting has to be spot on. Everything has to be spot on. So there's a, definitely a lot of pressure. I think you got to roll with it. <laughs> so, so what do you do in order to get that image right in JPEG? I mean, you mentioned lighting uh, is probably probably key amongst that. Yeah. What are you using in order to make sure that you're getting the right light? Are you sort of using strobes, scrims, reflectors, all of the above? Yeah, really all the above. I mean, really, it comes down to having a great team that I can trust and rely on. Um, the makeup artist, you know, I know that they're skilled and they can really make the skin look beautiful and flawless. Um, my lighting um, technician, you know, has an understanding that we can't do any retouching on these. So we've really got to light them effectively. Um, and yeah, just getting things right in camera and having it pre-planned in your head how exactly how you're going to approach the shoot and the model and the lighting, I think is really important. But really, it just comes through muscle memory, essentially. I mean, I've been shooting for so long now that it does add more pressure. But, you know, sometimes pressure can be good. It yeah. can really get you on your A game. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Yeah. So how did you develop your relationship with Nikon? I'm sure that people ask you all the time how you became an ambassador, but you're actually working for them uh, as a client. So how did that all come about? You know, I talked about earlier about that that award that I won to go to WPPI. So I went to that, you know, right out of college. And so I started going to WPPI every single year. Um, And so fast forward a few years, um, the president of Rangefinder Magazine, who's the one that gave me that award, ended up in a trade show because I'd been shooting fashion work and he'd been keeping updated on, on all my portfolio work and client work and everything. So like I was going through a trade show and he walked over and he's like, there's someone I really want to introduce you to. So he introduced me to um, a marketing director at Nikon. He said, you, you guys should connect. Um, I think that there may be some good opportunities there. And so the marketing director said, hey, you know, you look like you're just out of college, but I would love to critique your book, you know. And so I said, awesome, that'd be great. So he set an appointment um, in the Nikon lounge. Um, and so I was able to bring my portfolio book. And, you know, it's funny because I hadn't actually, I didn't have a portfolio book with me. <laughs> but luckily, um, one of the company's Graphy Studio, who prints all my portfolios, they had some samples with all my work in them mm-hmm. at their booth. <laughs> so luckily, I went over to Graphy Studio the next day before the meeting. And I said, hey, can I borrow one of my books for an hour? Um, so they said, yeah, you can borrow one of the books. So I ran over there to the, their you know, booth and grabbed my portfolio. And then I went to the meeting and um, the marketing director is scrolling through my work in the portfolio. And he said, wow, you did this work. This is really cool. You know, maybe there might be an opportunity for us to work together in the future. And he just basically said, you know, keep me updated, you know, once every three weeks or a month and on the new stuff you're shooting with your Nikons and we'll see if something comes up down the line. So I kept them updated for about a year on all of my new work. And then eventually um, they asked if I am, they could do a feature on me in Nikon World Magazine. And the image, one of the images I submitted ended up making the cover. Um, and then they asked me to speak at their booth about some of their gear. And then that led to them asking me to shoot some of their new camera campaigns. Um, so it's kind of like an organic <laughs> experience. Um, but that's how it happened. And you're one of the youngest ambassadors they've, they've yeah. ever had. That, how did you feel when they, when they extended that to you? Because there are some big names on that roster. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's funny. It, it, that was probably the most surreal experience, I think, of my whole career. I mean, they launched the ambassador program, and it was 16 ambassadors. And uh, I think I... I along with a couple others, were kind of in the more emerging um, part. But they wanted a good mix within the ambassador program. So, yeah, that was definitely the most, I think that's probably the most favorite moment of my photography career this far. Because I think I always wanted to work with Nikon, so I always shot Nikon. So it was cool to get to work with a company that I've loved my entire career. But, but tell me about that moment when you when you had an opportunity to actually be in the same room with some of these other ambassadors who are oh my just because yeah. I know for myself that if I'm in a room with a bunch of people whose work I've like known forever, and yes. I feel like I've somehow snuck into the room. Right? <laughs> yes, I did feel that way. Okay. <laughs> like, who is this? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, just there's just so much incredible talent and. You know, Joe McNally, he's just, it's incredible because I found that, you know, I, I have all these idols like Joe McNally, just an incredible person, Matthew Jordan Smith, um, 
you know, Corey Rich, um, Jerry Gionis. There's just so many people that I really look up to and that have helped me along the way. And so to get to be in the same room with them was pretty, such an honor and such a surreal experience. And one thing that I found is that the personality and the soul within the company is so, it's so um, giving and it, and it's everyone's there to help each other. And it's really an amazing, amazing company, which is what I love about it. Um, but yeah, I definitely felt like, why am I in this room here? <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So it was pretty fun. You're incredibly busy. I mean, it took us a while to finally like nail you down for, for this interview. But <laughs> I, I, And you know, you, you've got a very successful business. You're producing amazing photographs all the time. Aww. But I, I wonder about, you know, the time that you get to spend on just your own personal work. Um, yeah. How do you sort of fit that in and what does your personal work look like? Yeah. So the personal work, like you said, it's always tricky when you're shooting client jobs and things like that to fit it in. But anytime I have a day or two off or just spontaneous, if I'm in a location, for instance, if I'm doing a job in LA or something and I have an extra day off, um, a lot of times I like to just set up cool fashion test shoots. So I'll have, I'll just call up the modeling agencies and say, Hey, do you guys have any new, you know, faces or do you need have models that need some new portfolio work? And then I'll just, you know, basically set up a quick little test shoot with a model and a makeup artist um, and just go shoot just out at a cool location. Like I did that the other day at, in LA at El Matador beach. We ended up with some beautiful beachy type images. Um, so that's kind of the personal work tends to be more spontaneous these days. Cause mm. you know, you just never know when a job might come up. Like I did a test shoot last week, um, with a model as well and also practiced video. Um, and it was just a model that I've been friends with for a while on Facebook. And I said, Hey, you know, I'd love to, to work with you and just create some cool, um, beauty looks. So yeah, the personal work is kind of like that kind of, kind of thing. So eventually I'd like to do like a, a, maybe a coffee table book of personal work or something like that. But that's what I've been doing lately. Yeah, one of the things I really like about y your work is when I, is the way the people that you photograph come off. And, um, and and I know that you're you oftentimes working with professional models and stuff, but uh -huh. I feel like the people in your photographs are really genuine. Then they're not just giving you the face. Oh, right? I appreciate that. Yeah, because you see people who are professional models, and you feel like they're giving the face, they're giving <laughs> the pose, you know. Right. And it's like God, you know, it's and it's frustrating because you don't feel like there's anything genuine in that moment. And right. what what do you do to sort of elicit that, especially from someone who's professional in front of the camera, who yeah. kind of knows, you know, the looks that they can give that will please the majority of photographers. But when you're in pursuit of something more real, mm -hmm. yeah, how do you how do you draw that out? Yeah, that's a very good question. That's something that, you know, I've been working on for a while. And it's funny, I always feel like I get the shot either in the very beginning, if a model is already super comfortable with me, they might give me their best look in the beginning. Or the other alternative is if, you know, it takes a while, I totally wear them out and I will shoot <laughs> <laughs> so long that I eventually wear them out and their real personality starts coming out. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's, um, it's a way of shooting through moments and also getting to know them before the shoot. So getting them on the phone, talking with them, you know, looking at their social profiles, what is their favorite music, what sports are they into, um, and then talking with them during hair and makeup to get to know them even better. 
and really just relating with them like a friend and just trying to get to know who they are because the more that you know about them, the more you can create that connection on camera. And so I don't really do a lot of posing or anything like that. But on set, I just like to make people feel as comfortable and as amazing as possible. I mean, I shower them with compliments and, you know, tell them how amazing they look because photography, you know, when you're, when at least I hate being photographed. And so I can, I guess, see how, you know, when you're being photographed, like you're thinking of all your flaws. And if I can give them confidence as I'm shooting and make them feel more amazing, like, you know, the real person that they are super confident, super beautiful, um, and soulful, then I'm going to be able to bring that out of them easier if they already feel that way. So if I can set the tone and make them feel amazing, they're going to feel amazing and look amazing and comfortable in the pictures. So so what kind of, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, So what kind of, how, what kind of photographer are you? Are you a photographer who sets up a shoot that has a real clear idea in terms of the image that they're going for and, and it's all working towards that, that vision? Or are you a kind of photographer who sort of sets the stage with all the right elements and allows things to sort of play out and then yes. sees. So it's the latter? Yes, okay. definitely. Yeah. So I set every everything up in the ideal situation and I know what I'm looking for. And, and then once I have the foundation there and what I'm looking for, then I can let things happen organically. I think that's, you said it perfectly. <laughs> Do you have sometimes have to deal with things not, you know, like we've talked about those moments of fear and anxiety and yes. when things are not, you know, firing at all cylinders and all those people are around you thinking she knows what she's doing. Right. And then inside you're going, I'm still trying to figure this out. Right. <laughs> the clock is ticking you know, and all that yes. other stuff. So in, in those moments, how do you, you know, you mentioned meditation, but you can't say, okay, I, excuse me. I got to take my 15 minutes to meditate right now. <laughs> all eyes right. are on you. So how do you oh, move through yes. that moment? Um, basically, <laughs> I will tell the client, hey, let me run to the restroom. <laughs> literally. <laughs> that is literally what I do. Like if things are, you know, not going well and I have to solve some problems and things are not clicking, like I always figure out a way to take a moment. And I said, you know, let me run to the restroom and then we'll continue. And usually I'll, you know, go get some water or, you know, some caffeine and... <laughs> Dixie's secrets are finally revealed. <laughs> that's right. That's how it happens. So literally, that that's always, you know, people can't say, oh, no, you can't do that. <laughs> so no. It's a, that, good, it's a good tool. That is, such, that is gold to me. <laughs> I never thought to do that because I have yes. those moments because it's invaluable to take a step away sometimes. Right. And, so you can get your head on straight. Right. You know? And sometimes I'm not giving myself permission to pull away and then it just, it just get deeper and deeper. But yeah, yes. a bathroom definitely run. Use that one. Yeah, I, I definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> well, my last question so, that I ask each guest is I ask them to recommend another photographer for our listeners to discover and explore. And it can be anyone, someone you've long admired or someone you've recently discovered. So who would that photographer be and why? Oh gosh, that's really hard. I know just there's so many that I love and that I <laughs> admire. I would, if I were you, I would interview a really good friend of mine, a photographer, um, Mike Corrado. Have you heard of him? Oh, I worked with Mike. Oh my gosh. Perfect. Yeah. So have you interviewed him before? No, I have been thinking about interviewing Mike for a little while now, but yeah, you may give me the, the excuse to finally reach out to him. 
Yes, he's a he's a real inspiration. He's been such a huge inspiration in my career and just an incredible rock and roll photography. He has this project that he's doing called Drummer Love, mm-hmm. um, where he puts cameras um, on the drum kits at, at uh, concerts and just incredible images. And so, yeah, I definitely would recommend him for this. And so. a solid good guy. Yes, absolutely. So great. He's amazing. Oh, Dixie, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It was a real pleasure. Oh, you have been incredible. So appreciate you on all your great questions and um, everything. You're awesome. Thanks to Dixie for sharing her time and her story. To find out more about her and her work, visit DixieDixon.com. And remember, I will be in Miami in December for the Miami Street Photography Festival, where I and several other photographers will be teaching workshops and classes. You can find out more by visiting MiamiStreetPhotographyFestival.org. And thank you for your continued support of The Candid Frame. We are close to releasing 400 episodes, and I would love to see a host of five-star reviews to help promote the show before then. If you haven't already, please take the time today to write a review in the iTunes store. Your ratings and comments help people to discover the great conversations that we offer here at TCF. You can also support the show by making a monthly contribution through Patreon. Visit patreon.com forward slash the candid frame, or you'll find the link in the show notes and the candid frame website. Or if you just want to make a one-time contribution to the show, you can do so via PayPal by clicking on the donate button on the Candid Frame website or in the show notes. To access our complete archive of interviews, download the free Candid Frame app, available for Apple iOS and Android. Not only will you immediately receive the latest episode on your phone or tablet, but you can now easily share your favorite episodes on your social networks and help spread the word. And if you want to drop me a line with comments or suggestions for the show, you can email me directly from the app. Download it today by clicking on the link in the show notes or the website at thecandidframe.com. The Candid Frame's audio engineer is Martin Taylor, who you can find at the other martintaylor.com. The show's senior producer is Cynthia Parker, and our music is from Kevin McLeod, whose royalty-free music can be found at incompetech.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at simply at Ibarian X. And this is Ibarian X, and this is The Candid Frame.